Dan, set the sonic transducer on program eight and secure all levels at zero. <laughs> it's Halloween, folks. Yeah, it's yeah. spooky. Mm. Yeah. I see we're in costume. <laughs> yeah, uh, it means nothing because this is an audio uh, medium, but yep. I am dressed as Sonic, so. Oh, I thought you were some form of rat. But... Yeah. <laughs> and I, according to Dam, am either <laughs> The Rock Johnson in my green turtleneck, a Wes Anderson character, or I like to say the green Eminem, like causing an Antifa stir. Yes. Well, yes. acceptable. Yeah, you are very green. So, Happy yeah. Halloween! Yeah, it, and it is literally Halloween. We mm. timed it just right this time. So. Yes. Um, uh, but uh, we had the spooktacular last week before we get on our daily goings of uh, the week of Hollow. Do we have a recap? Any thoughts that we had with that spooktacular? Um, well, I wanted to apologize for its sloppiness. It wasn't uh, sloppy. I, it was fun. I'm self-conscious. We and had I a always, fun time. I always worry that people are going to listen to like, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, that, this that, is that it. anime yeah. was not a mistake. Um, it's finally jumped the shark. <laughs> you know, but if you're sticking with us after that episode, then I am grateful your, your resin cob statue is in the mail. It's, you know. You know, just think of it as a pause from Ghost and Boo, Boo. <laughs> so you know, but I th- I figured it would be it would be fun to do. Yeah, um, it was fun. I I mean, Pat Labor, I'm telling you. Yeah, always with the hidden gems over here, Mister Dan Ryan. That that series is good. No, oh, and I intend to uh, after our next uh, brief saga. You know, I'll try to I'll try to get some street cred back. Mm. Um, anime wise, build up your rep again. <laughs> you know, fight back from the Bronx. Um. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, we're at some somewhere down the line, we're going to continue with Saint Seiya and G Gundam and obviously Sailor Moon, other yes, things. Yes. Uh, all keep going to keep all of them going. But uh, I, yeah, I just always worry when I when I showcase those because there there is not a whole lot about them on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Like there is like there is not assorted trivia for I mean, it's Saint fine. Seiya, yeah. but, you know, I yeah, I yeah, I got I gotta I gotta put more focus on this. I gotta, you gotta, I gotta believe the, in yourself. The anime face slap. Yeah. I gotta I gotta keep going forward. As so. I said before, send all hate to Dan Ryan. <laughs> yes, not uh, me. We just got a letter, but um, <laughs> a scathing review in the Times. But I do have some anime news. All right, because I have absolutely nothing. Okay, <laughs> this was a dry week, Dan. Um, I have several pieces that mm. that we can talk about, but uh, I have a long tangent, as you suggested last week. Yes. Um, so, uh, anime-wise, I started watching a very new one, mm-hmm. I think it's only been airing for two or three weeks, um, called Ranking of Kings, Ooh. and it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, if people have seen it, you know, advertised, I think I saw it show up in a Facebook ad, bizarrely enough, mm. or Metaverse, whatever the <laughs> fuck that is now. Oh. Um... <laughs> But it is it is up on Funimation, and uh, I think it it stands to become a favorite. Mm-hmm. It, it is just a phenomenal little series so far. Uh, it focuses on you know this prince who is born deaf and mute, mm-hmm. and he is very you know small and sickly for his age. Okay, no and, no sort like that. Yes, yes, and <laughs> uh, he um you know. Within this, the context of this fantasy realm, as far as we can tell, you know, kings are made not only through inheriting the throne, but, you know, kingdoms pop up when a great warrior does great things, and then people flock around them mm-hmm. and, you know, make them a king. Um, so uh, this this prince, uh, uh, Banji, is, is set to inherit the throne, but of course, like, you know, 
the general public is kind of like, I don't, you know, what what can he do? Yeah. How, how can yeah. he serve that role? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just a very, very sweet, beautiful little series so far. It kind of just focuses on him, you know, despite his his limitations doing everything like like having the the shonen protag goal of i'm going to be not only king but i'm going to be the world's greatest king Mm -hmm. Uh, because his father for all of his you know immense deeds was ranked seventh in the entire realm and uh you know this prince is determined to do that and you know it, it 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 kind of it sets him up perfectly it sets his situation up perfectly it mm-hmm. kind of teases that there's like courtly intrigue going on so it's on. like a fighting anime or is it more like a, a, a settlers of Catan moment <laughs> there i i mean i would say so far it leans more towards settlers of Catan. okay so intrigue plenty <laughs> there is fighting but the fighting is treated very you know like the character styles are factored in like mm-hmm. um you know very early on we see that that uh, the prince can, you know, fight based on, like, reading his opponent's movements because his whole life he's, you know, he, he reads lips, he, you know, senses everything that way, mm-hmm. but then his coach disciplines him because that's not how a king fights. Uh. A king does not dodge and be sneaky. Mm-hmm. But then his other, you know, that's what I was uh, was getting to is that it... it creates the vibe that there's going to be courtly intrigue going mm-hmm. on and that everyone is out to get this prince mm-hmm. um and put his jonathan older sibling yes. or younger sibling on, on the, the throne, throne. Mm-hmm. um and that does happen but we quickly kind of see that most of the court does actually deeply care about him mm. and they like they kind of sense that he's you know morally the better option for the throne but but how he will get there and how they're going to help him get there not 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 you know you know put him there but how you know they will become his own court mm. is re- remains to be seen but okay. it is a fantastic series it's got a lot of fucking heart <laughs> and it's all animated you know the character designs are the the, the shit that i love this anime is animated yeah uh <laughs> you know like like rounded uh very simple character models and all of the backgrounds are like watercolor Mm. so i i do sincerely plead with people (laughs) to check that anime out if if you are able to watch it in some capacity it's still ongoing Mm. i believe it's on four episodes right now airs every week um and then we'll be right in line yes continuing um I mean, I have one thing. It's not. It's vaguely anime adjacent. I caught up and finished uh, the most recent season of What We Do in the Shadows mm-hmm. on FX. I know you're a fan of the original movie, yes. thanks to one Grant Farouk. And uh, according to my other chat, the Woomy Boys, <laughs> including me, Grant, and myself, um, we really liked this season. Like, they're doing strange little funny things with these characters that are slightly different from the characters we meet in the movie. Mm-hmm. They're on Staten Island, and they're living in a house. It, it, it's just an interesting show that's... It, it hasn't waned after three seasons, and it ended on a cliffhanger that made Grant, I quote, audibly gasp. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he could feel something once in a it while. It takes so. a lot to I, do, yeah. <laughs> I know, he sees space and stars every day. Not since Pikmin Bloom came out. <laughs> oh, I kind of eclipsed that from my memory. I guess we can talk about that at the end. But I would highly recommend, since, you know, you made a foray into television as of late, mm-hmm. there is a Sopranos reference, because the boat they steal is called the Stugats. Yes. So, we... 
We can tell that they care about series near and dear to our heart. I would mm-hmm. just recommend the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. It's a fun time. Of course. They go to Atlantic City this season. <laughs> the Rat Pack, my boys! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I keep seeing clips from that, yeah. so I need to... Give it know, a watch, Dan. You know. It's fun. There's no reason. That I, I mean, I, I love that original movie. You can so. tell me your fellow, favorite vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's all I did this week, besides Eclipse, Pikmin, Bloom from my heart and soul. Which is fine, because, you know... I like to walk, so what's yeah. better than a walking simulator? And that seems what it's good for. It, it'll it count your steps and... I mean, I already have an app on my phone that does that. Uh, 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 make JPEGs and I think it would like. Well, it, I think it would drain my battery life less if I just don't download it. And collect up to six types of Pikmin mm. and, um, <laughs> and eat, eat, feed them. I, mm. yeah. <laughs> I'm not the expert, so... So Pikmin's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say it here first. Well, well, it's it's theoretically dead for now, and then five years from now, a Nintendo exec will do an interview. Well, Pikmin Bloom was meant to test the waters, and when people <laughs> didn't approve of that, mm-hmm. we thought, mm, these mm-hmm. plant people have no future, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. Shove them in the earthbound closet. <laughs> uh, that, that relates to another uh, rant that I had. Oh boy, here we uh, go. Buckling up. Well, no, first, first, ah. uh, for uh, two, two small things, less serious things okay. first. Uh, one is that, as I said, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, um, also on the Funimation streaming service, they put up Robotech, mm. uh, otherwise known as Macross, and that ah. was, that was a big deal because that French, like, the, the rights to do anything with that we're in limbo for a long time so it's like i think it's the first time that the dub has been up anywhere in a in a sizable chunk of time mm-hmm. so if you're into retro robot goodness <laughs> i do recommend checking that out that's up also mm-hmm. um and then other small news that i you know i don't have much to discuss because i only started it, but i did start uh, the new guardians of the galaxy game ah uh, phenomenal so far. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What are you playing on? PS5. Okay. Good. Um, Not the <laughs> the uh, cloud streaming service that the Switch provides. No, no, no. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Good decision, then. <laughs> gotta have five minutes of input lag, but... Uh, no, far... that's just the Nintendo 64 emulators. <laughs> well, no, that's my next thing. Oh, that's God. My next thing. Yep. Uh, but Guardians is great so far. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, were worried because the Square Enix... Avengers game was horrible. Yes. Um, it was, uh, I, I don't know how or if I ever unpacked that game, but uh, for those of you who don't know, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of, uh, you you spend like six hours playing an actual Avengers game, mm-hmm. and then it stops, Yeah. and you gotta do looter shooter grinding for at least 15 hours, uh-huh. um, and then it unlocks the end game content. Uh, and I think they recently patched it so that that's now 25 hours to oh, get good. to the end game. Mm-hmm. Um, so not good. Don't buy that game. I won't. Uh, but but <laughs> Guardians is really great so far. A lot of humor, smooth as hell. Graphically, it looks beautiful. Mm. So you know, it's got to be one of the most like visually exciting things I've played in a while. The so. writing seems fun in yeah. the trailers that I've seen. You know, no, it is. Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy. They, uh, they, like, the, the characters are always shit-talking, and they'll mm-hmm. they'll give you shit if you 
Like if you, because you side only, with another person, like Groot yeah. will remember this. Yeah, no, it, Groot. <laughs> it, it it literally does that, and then like if you go down a like a fork in the road to go get the items to one hundred percent things, mm-hmm. they'll make fun of you, and they'll be like, "Why are we? Oh, back was here? was that yeah. worth it? Yeah, chucklehead. I'm glad." And Dad goes, mm-hmm. and then and then you you head back like, "Oh, the walk of shame. Look who's back. Uh, did you? Was it was it that interesting? Oh, it sounds like and a Jonathan simulator in your house." Yeah. So uh, certainly recommended so far. I'm right. only a very small fraction of the way into it, but it uh, it's yeah. good. I gotta say, I liked those movies. Too bad Chris Pratt has revealed himself to be. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. Yeah. I like those movies, though. Real I like the spirit be, of those films. Real themselves to be Mario. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. That, of course. <laughs> well, that'll be the next time I see him, probably. Um, it's a me. I'm not going for Mario. I'm going for my girl, Anya. <laughs> Last night in Soho. Please catch it in theaters now. A new Edgar Wright joint. Hey, I'm Donkey Without Kong. canceled El Gort in it. <laughs> well, that ruined my new West Side Story trailer anyway. We got to see his shining mug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did their best to obscure him in the other Which one. Which is so. odd because he is a major character. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Whoops. Mm. Um, Hindsight is twenty twenty, Dan. That's all we gotta keep telling ourselves. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so, the rant. Main main rant <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is uh, the Nintendo 64 uh, I haven't tried it yet. I did get pass. my controller in the mail, which is beautiful. I did like, too. Like, it's huge. I didn't think it was that big. I was like, oh my. No, it's it's nice. It's got the weight to it as mm. if you had the, like, the, the rumble pack yeah. into it. It's, mm. you know... It, it works on the other Switch games. It's, uh, that's probably the most exciting aspect of this mm. was that. Um, but, uh, as for the thing itself, I, I would tell people to wait a yes, little bit because, uh, the lag input I hear, I haven't tried myself. I'm waiting for Paper Mario. Well, but I'm sure that'll throw a stick in my craw because of the action commands and whatnot. The, 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 well, the lag input and, um, now, as we've stated, uh, as almost a catchphrase on this podcast in the mm-hmm. 30 years that we've been here, yes, um, I've never made a game. Uh, you've <laughs> never made a game. Uh, we've never made you know, a game. I make a game every time I sit across from you. But <laughs> but but we 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 you know we uh, can speak on some things, uh, and for the most part, it's uh, as if most of these ROMs are not button mapped correctly. What? Well, um, they added that later in like the run of like. The NES games, yeah. so like maybe down the line a year or two, yeah. we'll get button mapping. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things where um, you know I I had it and uh, you know the the main thing that I went right into was Yoshi's Story because that was we assholes, yes, we assholes, so, you know, the Creed main uh, <laughs> you know nostalgia. Um, at some point I'll go into Mario 64, but I just played oh, it on the Oh, you have other... it on the Switch? Yeah, I, I, I... It's a better... That's a... Yeah, well, no, that's, right. that's, that's, um, that's, I'll, I'll get to that. Silly boy. Um, but, uh, you know, and I tried out Ocarina of Time, just handheld. Oh, I heard things about the fog being taken out of that game. Yeah, well, the, the fog was taken out, and, again, the buttons are not mapped correctly. Yes. The buttons are still the Nintendo 64 buttons. Mm -hmm. So if you do not have that Nintendo 64 controller, you cannot use... You you cannot literally you literally yeah, can't play the I, game. I hear like yeah. for the C buttons you have to like hold the trigger and then push another button, which is very odd. According to like the Nintendo Power podcast, and if that's what it is, and yeah. someone Scooby Doo that mistr like I'll, I'll try it. No, I'll, it's I'll, you yeah, hold I... one of the triggers and then the buttons become the C. 
They doesn't tell you. Nowhere does it say no. a, such a thing. Because there's there's no menu that says these are the buttons. <laughs> Did but I it, crack uh, the code? Then? <laughs> but you know, and then with Z targeting, like one of the bumpers activates Z, like the Z targeting, mm-hmm. but it doesn't turn it off. Yeah. So if you target like a rock, you have to walk a link out of the the you targeting know, aiming yeah. distance mm-hmm. to stop targeting. Yeah. Um. That's sad because like that made that franchise yeah. the 3D Zelda a you know and because eh. because it's you know again it's not i'm i'm into this for you know down the line we'll get paper mario we'll get majora's mask and you know banjo uh obviously and i'm excited for those excited for those nonetheless i'll mm-hmm. just be using the nintendo 64 controller but it's like we're at that age where or well, they're just the right age where we were able to play these things on the Nintendo 64. Yes, still I remember. I remember my birthday. I got the Pikachu one. It yeah, it's wonderful. Still, we still can play them. Still can use them. Yeah, I could dust that off. Um, and then in some cases, like Zelda, we saw them get remakes mm-hmm. with quality of life improvements yes. on like the 3DS. Now, if only they can give me Wind Waker. Yes, yes, yes. And then. And then years later, on their most powerful system, we get ROMs that that don't that are not mapped to run on that console. Yes, and that's uh, a mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hope that that gets rectified down yeah. the line. Um, yeah. I don't, and I don't necessarily regret. Um, you know the expansion pass because we're yet. buying it for the Animal Crossing DLC that's included. Also, that, that's yes. honestly what I'm like. I'm like, oh, that's fine, but I can imagine as like a non-Animal Crossing fan, you're like, what the hell did I sign up for? Yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and I would feel for people in that situation. And they don't let you cancel or switch from family to individual, which is weird. Yeah, like there's a weird. I don't know. They like boot you out of the menu. I didn't. I I just heard about it because you know I'm a, a bachelor. <laughs> You know, because because I have I have gotten you know I've gotten use out of it. I've been playing those games so far. On the, we need on to the... do a wireless uh, sixty four cart. Yeah, just hit me up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. we should, we yeah. should definitely. Yeah, we could do it. We could stream I mean, it. I mean, I'm sure it'll be lagging, being that you're like a whole twenty minutes away from me. But yeah, yeah, there's no hope. For Imagine that. playing with Grant in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our Catan matches went to went to hell. Oh boy. <laughs> um. You know, and then with that, the uh, the Sega Genesis, like, I've been getting use out of that. I've heard that, uh, according to the NBC Nintendo voice uh, cast, voice, I forget what it is, but it's like an IGN Nintendo podcast that I listen to. They said the Sega Genesis ones run, like, butter. They do. Good. Oh, yeah, no. Which is very odd, because Nintendo hid the app from, like, the shop screen, and is like, you have to go searching for the Genesis one, mm-hmm. but the Nintendo 64 one's right there. I, I mean, I... I think we should ring the shame bell for Nintendo. Yes. Because, I mean, but we've rung the shame bell for all our lives. Part of me is like, they don't listen to us anyway, so be grateful for what you got. But then the other part of me is like, knock down the walls of Jericho, who reclaimed the fortune of yeah, <laughs> Nintendo. It, I, yeah, it's, it, I don't know, it's just weird. I, I mean, again, because it's not one of those things where I, I, I bought it and then I haven't. Like, I've been used, like, again, with the, the Sega Genesis and everything, Sonic 2... Runs like a dream. I I love Sonic Two. Yeah. I've been playing the shit out of that. It's a classic, Dan. It's got uh, Castlevania Bloodlines. I've been you know Ooh. it. it, it uh, it's it, as long as these libraries keep expanding. You know, by all but just the little 
tiny detect things. Just yeah. like make them playable, because mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, you know, being as a Nintendo baby, as I was born, I'm used to it. I'm mm-hmm. used to Nintendo giving me something and then slapping me across the face for wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a real spousal abuse situation. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's just Did like... Nintendo do this to you? No, I fell down the <laughs> stairs. <Dan. laughs> uh, yeah, and it, I I mean it, it's just like you, come on now. Like, come on. You know, I mean especially with something like Ocarina of Time where yeah. it's like a classy. They they tout that as like their citizen can So you got to mm. just put like a a properly programmed yeah. ROM of it yeah. on the Switch. <laughs> like it's, you know, um but but yeah, that's. Uh, I think there was a handful of Pokemon things like we. Oh yes, we got uh, the Hisuian. Oh no, that was last week. That was no, we got we got that last week. Oh, yeah. never mind. I think what we got this week was uh, platinum jackets, the the platinum outfits from platinum version. Oh boy, wow! Uh, but no platinum content. Eh? Uh, no platinum content. No. Yeah, um, I won't. <laughs> Listen, you could dazzle me with an ensemble every day, but <laughs> I won't be swayed this time, Dan. That's right. I mean, this th- 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 this doesn't matter to anyone yeah. who's not. The only anal- way I'll be playing is if you pass off one of the versions to me. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and, yeah, and again, this this th- these details do not matter to anyone who is not anal about this stuff. But uh, based on screenshots, some of the people use their diamond pearl teams. And it seems like Cynthia has her platinum team, hmm. so it seems like they're mixing like whatever works best for each one, yeah. which I guess is interesting because like Diamond and Pearl had all those weird because the decks wasn't big enough, so like Flint had Infernape, nothing. Uh, yeah, they had a Infernape, ponyta, a Rabidash, and, and then uh, Lawpunny, Driftblim, and Steelix because yeah. they were puns, and which was interesting. It like it gave it a certain charm yeah. but i i don't know maybe they're only doing that to the ones that didn't have mm-hmm. enough in there I, but... I think that's the case done so eh, we'll see what happens but mm. do you have a, a tangent or any other news I, I i mean my news is just i'm waiting for this friday when the animal crossing update hits i hope it doesn't destroy our switches and erase our data as mm-hmm. is constant worries with me <laughs> so i will be waiting just a partial bit like hopefully it will release during the night time and when i wake they'll be like Welcome to Nirvana, Jonathan. Come yes. on in. Because I think as we record next week, we'll just be on our Switches the whole time playing Animal Crossing. Being I... like, yeah, anime? Oh, a, a, a spooky movie? We're doing a, a Sinister Six? Yeah, whatever, Dan. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at the Happy Home Island. <laughs> no, I, I am unironically very excited for, like, the fence, the new and fencing we options. managed... I don't know how we did this through my my Wario 64 and my intellect. We managed a bevy of amiibo cards. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be the bearers of the balls, man. We might get all of our favorite people to come, so... Uh, we'll be fanning ourselves with the coin. Stack in the deck to see who we can get to move uh, to our... A total of 15 packs between us. <laughs> Have you ever imagined something would happen to us? Mm. And then John Faroque has nothing. <laughs> he doesn't listen anyway. It's fine. Don't tell your brother, Grant. Um, but no, I had a, a slow week. I did return to Broadway yesterday, which was interesting. Oh, how did that I go? saw Six again. I don't know if you're familiar with Six. It's the retelling of the wives of King Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was good to be back in a theater. I mean, I'm excited to go see Company in a few months, which is like a... You know, I mean, I hate to turn this into a Broadway show, but my diva Patty Lapone is there. You know, voice of Yellow Diamond. Mm-hmm. So that's how I introduced <laughs> her to Dan. Like she's in a media we like. We need to do Steven Universe on this podcast. Eh, I'm on a tangent anyway. 
Speaking of tangent. No, by all means, we yes. should. At some point. Um, the tangent proposed to me last week on this humble pod, and forgive me if I got this wrong, was Overlook slash Underwatch spooky movies. Well, yeah, just ones we hadn't talked about before. And yeah. I've got a lot. Now, as I told you, I mean, you're free to talk at any time. Please mm-hmm. feel free to interrupt me. As I told you in the past on this podcast, as a child, I used to be... I, horror is my least favorite genre. I used to be a chicken shit. But now, as I've grown, Mm -hmm. as an actor, as a person, as a podcaster, I think that horror is my favorite genre now. Because I'm eating, sopping up everything that's horror adjacent Mm -hmm. in my spheres, especially films, which I'm interested in. And I have uh, seven or so films that I think you should watch. Maybe we'll watch on this podcast one day. Of recent memory of yesteryear that have struck my fancy. Mm-hmm. So um, I took this tangent to heart. I don't know if like this speaks to you or what you have in the docket or if we're going to like alternate or should I go first? Uh, to we- give you time to think, to dwell. Yeah, you should go first. Okay. I mean, we can alternate. Or, I mean, know, I can I can read them all. It's fine. Yeah, read them all and I'll think of some other stragglers okay. that I... Yeah. So my first one from 2021, this really surprised me. It was one of my recent film goings. It won the Palme d'Or of this year, which is a high honor. I know that Lamb only got one award. And after seeing Lamb, I think that's what it deserved, even though I'm an A24 shill. Well, that's what people are saying. I mean, we have been, I got it. Like, I'm like, okay, if I had a child, this would be, it's not a bad movie. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a slow crawl a24 staple yes and it the baby ada is cute <laughs> the <laughs> does, lamb baby does something horrible happened or... oh well it's an a24 film yeah, so okay. you can imagine what happens in the end okay. but at the end i was like well i thought i was gonna like this more mm-hmm. um but the movie that i saw after lamb that won more awards was a movie by the name of titan or titanium in french yeah. mm-hmm. you know where you gotta Got a teacher. I have heard of this one. Yeah, so, so this is by Julia uh, Ducournau. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my best to butcher that French. And um, she also did a film that is in the circles called Raw from 2016, which is about cannibalism. And it's kind of chic. So Titan starts off as a weird serial killer movie in which the main heroine fucks a car. Mm-hmm. She has sex with the car. And okay. gets pregnant from having sex with a car. Okay. But. Couldn't have guessed that from the I trailer. knew that going in. <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> I said, that's going to happen. Let's see what else this movie can do. And this movie turned into like, like the most heartfelt family picture in the end. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe when you go from like fucking a car, killing people. But the main heroine, she goes to, like, finding no one in her life, not relating to anyone, having a bad relationship with her father, to, like, joining an adoptive family. And there's, like, a lot of, like, sexuality issues going on here that are, like, addressed very well. Mm -hmm. It was not what I expected, and I have not stopped thinking about this movie since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So I think we might bring it to the podcast. That'll be another one where you put the little raccoons to bed. Before, <laughs> yes, yeah. before watching, but of course. it did not go the way I thought it would, and it's just very thought provoking. So I can see why you know that was a big deal mm-hmm. as of late. So Titan, check it out. Mm-hmm. My second, uh, don't know if you've seen this one. This is a little South Korean joint that's kind of, I think it's been uh, pushed forward in the media. I think there's another one recently on Shutter that came out. I I want to say it's called The Ritual or something like that, even though there's a next Netflix The Ritual that's also very good. Mm-hmm. 
um, from over there. But uh, The Wailing 2016 film by Nong Hong Jin. And it's a look into like possession, spiritualism, and belief. It's another like father-daughter film that just takes three hours to resolve. But Mm -hmm. I think it's very good. Um, It's a slow burn. So if that's something up your alley, you may want to check it out. And it's been out for a while. I don't know if you've seen it. So... No, I've okay. not seen that. All right. Um, I recently watched, and thanks to the Criterion sale, Criterion Shill, I am. We had a Criterion sale. Now we have a Barnes & Noble sale till the end of the month. Where oh, Criterions are half right. off. That's right. I purchased way more than I should <laughs> with my meager means. <laughs> but maybe Dan will give me something yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> I'll never maybe but Dan will give me something. A and I'll comb. Judge him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I sold I have no hair, man. <laughs> you, you idiot. <laughs> but um, I recently watched both of Kaneido Shindo's Onibaba, uh, 1964, and Koroneko, 1968, on Criterion. And these are like Japanese fable, yokai horror films that are, of course, live action. Mm -hmm. They're very well. I think they would make great partners for what we're watching tonight when we get to it after this tangent. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas tonight's a bit more comedic. Like, I watched um, Onibaba two nights ago, and it really transformed me. I loved it. I thought, like, we need more of this. The Rotten Tomato score is, like, up in the air. It's like camp Japanese horror Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically the tale of like a mother and her stepdaughter who are like killing people in order to survive after a futile like revolt or whatever, and they trap it trap trap people down a hole, a cave. They like kill samurai by leading them to a hole, mm-hmm. and then they steal the armor and sell it. And I I mean it it was just like a good fable. It's a good Halloween watch. Yeah. And uh, Koroneko is the same way. It's about cat spirits, cat yokai. Good which, for Grant. Yeah. Which also, I mean, it ties in tonight's film too, which also stars a cat named Blanche. <laughs> um, but I would highly recommend them. And knowing that Dan is a weeb hosting this podcast with me, I think he would be really into the the uh, criterions of those sorts. No, uh, yokai are always again. I got finally fully caught up with Demon Slayer too. Oh, that was another anime thing I neglected to mm-hmm. mention. But. All right. Uh, next, I have a 2009 Ty West uh, House of the Devil. So House of the Devil, it's a great period piece. You know me, I love period pieces. Um, Girl goes into a house to house sit, babysit, and is told not to go into the attic. It stars, well, supporting actress is a very, very young Greta Gerwig. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, like one of her first films as like the girl who gets offed spoilers um, initially. I just think it's a good, it's hard to describe these horror movies. It's, It's fun, it's quick, it's stylish. It's like a Rosemary's Baby in the modern day. And I think it's on most streaming platforms, too. So, like, I would highly advise checking it out, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to spoil the ending for you. Of course. Like, but, I, I mean, the things that came to mind. It wouldn't be me if I didn't suggest some classic Stephen King joints, which are constantly on rotation in the background. They're my comfort food, Dan. You know I love Danny King's literature. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you listen, is, uh... Mm-hmm. This might be, this might be a, a, a mm-hmm. peanut gallery question. You're causing me to drink and think? Is Fright Night one of his... You know, I don't... I think it could be on Jason. Maybe he produced? Because that sounds familiar. Because I saw that recently. That'll probably yeah. be on my list. That's but good. That was yeah. I've, I've seen that. He's a vampire! Yeah, yeah but so. he's like a hot vampire <laughs> that lives outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, classic Stephen King joints, always on the background. We have Misery, which is... <laughs> Cock-a-doodly did it! <laughs> which I'm bringing... De- I think next Halloween, maybe, I, I can bring a few Stephen King joints to this podcast. Because Why not? Because they're my faves. 
I have Misery, I have Silver Bullet, which I forced Dan to watch, which is the, the Kenilworth Town story. Yes. Um, uh, the Dead Zone, which is Christopher Walken going, don't walk on that water! <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the Shining, which I like the original movie, but it does, now that I know that Rebecca Ferguson is in Dune, thanks to Dan. Can you believe I didn't know that was her the whole movie? I what was surprised. A, what am I watching, We man? didn't talk about that yet. Usually I can, oh, well, that could be, you know. A tangent in its own someday. Yeah. We really didn't talk about that? We did not talk about that. You, I, I brought that up last week. Well, you didn't see it last uh, No, 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 yeah, no, 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 uh. no, no, We didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we haven't discussed it on mic. I watched it after this, we, you know, you, sh- you, we started it. <sighs> well, maybe that'll went, be next week's. Of course. You know, yeah, we main, can, we can. main feast. Yeah, because there's a lot to talk about with Dune, yeah. so by all means, but yes. But I do like the Stanley Kubrick Shining version. I know there's a, a TV, made-for-TV version starring, oh, the guy from Wings? Yes. Steven something? Oh my god. It's, yeah, it's the... It's blocking my mind. I I would I should know this, just like I should have known Rebecca Ferguson was in Dune. <laughs> well, the, the, the TV Shining is, um... I prefer Steven the, Weber. Yeah, there I, we go. I prefer the the the. I, I watched that. I mean, that's like a yearly Halloween yeah. thing. Uh, that's not you know no surprise. But um, the, the TV one was notable because that's the one where it it factors in like the boiler the hedge animals too and the boiler. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, yeah. the fucking hedge animals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the book is vastly different. I think Stanley Stanley Kubrick, as much as he like destroyed Shelley Duvall, which could be a tangent its own. Yes. After watching Popeye. You know, I feel really bad for Shelley Duvall. I think she got a hard gem and she's living out in, like, you know, the southern west now. But she's living her life. I'm I'm happy for her. And I think she's an icon in that movie. I just hate the way that he treated her. No. Um, Well, no. And historically, I don't think anyone, as a person, Stanley Kubrick was like, he... That's that's a common thread throughout for the, directors, yeah, and he, it's on this list too. You know, it's like my last and one, that, yeah. that's not excusing it. That's never that's no. never excusing no. it. That's like you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's one of those things where I think you know, discussion is finally yeah. A lot of YouTubers have managed to get that discussion going, where yeah. Stanley was kind of a dick to oh, a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, know, well, he, Alfred Hitchcock. I talk about Roman Polanski, of course. You know, like uh, yeah. There's a lot of things to touch, like, do we separate... And it's a conversation we've had in this podcast before. How do we separate the art from the artist? Um, but, you know, yeah. you just gotta go in. Like, these people create amazing art, but they're horrible people. Yeah. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I like The Shining, and I like the original Carrie. I think it's a fun time, aside from, like, the tuxedo... In the middle of that uh, Brian De Palma film, there's, like, a tuxedo trying-on scene with, like, Benny Hill music in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, but... It's like a camp 70s thing that I just really enjoy. I think Carrie might be the one I bring because Billy Piper, um, I think she was nominated for the Oscar that year. Even though she's, she knows she's in like a camp comedy rendition of Carrie. That, that, that sounds right. Yeah. And it was like her return to the screen after all those years. I forget. Another redhead one. Was it for Network? I forget who was there. That I'll return when we... I saw a YouTube thing about that recently. Yeah, about I... how she that was like a comeback Yeah, for her. and I mean, I love her in that movie. We get Betty Buckley, who starred in the stage musical adaptation of... Mm-hmm. I could talk about Carrie for years and years. I've said too much. You I've could, said too you much. You could carry on for... <laughs> right, really reaching. Really reaching, Dan. Um, but anyway. All right. I've got two more. So I've got 1967. Terrence Young's adaptation of Frederick stage play until dark i don't know if you've seen this this is an audrey hepburn uh alan ada joint in which audrey hepburn plays a blind new yorker who's living in an apartment and 
it's like a 70s thing where like she's got diamonds in that apartment we've got to go rob her even mm-hmm. though she's blind and i want to put this on the the list unless you know me i'm very theatrical i like like a, a good theater gasp and to see this on stage would be a different thing. During this movie, they like suggested that the theaters dim the lights for the last 20 minutes because everything's in darkness. Mm-hmm. And there's some good scares in here. It's like corny, campy, 70s style acting. Yeah. So maybe I'll bring that along and I'll be like, oh, this is a different flavor of something you haven't seen. But, yes. You know, I like to introduce that. And it wouldn't be me if I didn't suggest, you know, my favorite horror movie. One of them is Rosemary's Baby. Um, of course directed by roman polanski but i think it's the closest adaptation of a book to film ever done before Mm -hmm. um i would suggest the exorcist another great book read even though the exorcist i think due to my catholic guilt and upbringing is the scariest horror film of all time but that's just me and that's typical fair i don't know how you protestants feel about that movie (laughs) well mm, uh, controversial take but Mm. The Exorcist is one of those things that I feel like, um, it is terrifying, but whenever I give it a rewatch, mm-hmm. actually, I, I, I've done it. Oh, if you bring that to me, I'll be on the wall. <laughs> I'll be puking green pea soup. It's like one of those things where you gotta, like, you appreciate the, the artsiness of, like, the scares mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. but it, it is certainly one of those, like, older slower movies where it kind of i mean that's my bread and butter right there little you know little scares you remember i made you watch suspiria yes yeah (laughs) 2018 not the original someday i mean the exorcist is you know the exorcist is fascinating because you know that first movie is iconic and the sequels are are a very interesting mixed bag Mm mm-hmm like uh, Exorcist was Exorcist two the one with the like the the, cute, bugs. the, the big glass yes uh, yes Exorcist two is not it it has um, Linda Blair in it and then another actress from the first one not Ellen Bernstein and then Exorcist three is like the spiritual successor it's like William Blatty returned because he wrote the book and like he was co director or something yeah. like that and he made a genuinely good horror movie yeah uh, fantastic th- which film. I've mentioned you know in our last tangents or so on the past previous spooky episodes. But, um, yeah, I, I just think, like, there's some Catholicism still in me, like, ingrained. Like, mm-hmm. watch The Exorcist. It's the scariest thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. And well, then we've got a new movie coming, also starring Linda Blair. That's a sequel to the first one coming out soon. Oh, we do? It's a Blumhouse joint, so oh. I don't know how to feel about it. The internet is very trepidatious. Now that we had Halloween Kills, which was not good. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah, saw... Yeah, I saw the Red Letter Media thing about mm, it. it was, <laughs> we have to return... We have to watch the original Halloween. I, don't, I can talk about the original three Halloweens, because I think they're, like, great. Like, even Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which yeah. is a... And thought, I mean, I'm on a, a uh, horror tangent. No, yeah. Season of the Witch is catching I, fire lately. People I love are, it. People I are going it. back and like, why were people... Yeah, what, uh, I love it. I'm just saying, but... Jamie Lee, she promised us that she was going to do something this movie, and then she spends the whole movie laying in a bed. Laying in a bed, damn. It, 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 it is... Evil dies tonight. Evil yeah. dies tonight. But that, like, again, like, I don't want to cop all the material from the Red Letter Media thing, but just from from watching their, their you know, because they showcase clips from it when it, you know, they showcase clips and they Maybe showcase... Maybe watch the films with me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if you, if you would like, uh, but... It, like a very cringy way of going about everything where they like they tried to get back every background character that they could even miscast some of the background characters yeah so like the random 
out of town nurse from the oh, first movie. Oh, don't you dare sass Nurse Marion, well, Dan. Dan, you have no right like, sassing Nurse Marion on this podcast. No, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go off on her Dan. and this other kid are stop going, it, are going stop to stop it. To you get, don't know. You know not what you speak, but I understand. They did her dirty. Yes. You know, and then Jamie Lee Curtis, like, made, does that interview where she's like, in some ways, this is like uh, BLM. So. Like, like what? <laughs> like what? Are, what are you talking about? Like the, you know, it, it's it's Halloween kills. You're not you're not causing any kind of, you know. So you know, and I and I, it, well, Jamie Lee Curtis is a One Piece fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, well, so I have to give her the benefit more, of the doubt. <laughs> more pro Jamie Lee Curtis thing when she did Halloween HTO, right? She said, "I'm only going to do this." And spoilers to Halloween HTO twenty years later or whatever it's called H two O. Um, she said, I'm only going to do this if I definitely kill Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. And they were giving her, the producer was giving her backlash. Like, no, you can't cut off his head because then he's truly dead and we cannot do another sequel unless we get stupid campy. She goes, I don't care. We're doing this. I'm going to cut off his head. I'm going to kill him because it's Laurie Strode recovering over 20 years of trauma in her life yes. and reclaiming her life once more. And she said, the only way I'm going to come back and do a Halloween redux remix whatever is if they give me a giant paycheck a fucking big paycheck are her words yeah and i'm gonna donate the whole thing to charity which she did and they invited her back for these three we can assume that she was paid buttloads to return to these three movies now and donate it all to charity so jamie lee curtis icon legend we cannot sass her in any way. No, yeah, yeah. and I and I'm not, I'm not. I I think it, it just came down to the. To oh the, well, it's horrible. Like, like I liked, I liked the David Gordon Green first one. I said, okay, they're doing something interesting here. It's fun. Yeah, it's like a new revitalization of a classic horror. But the second one really butchered it for me, Dan. Halloween Kills is. What oh, I'm okay, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, it was just again, just the the red letter media thing. Like, I. They clearly they just want to keep milking it, but they have no ideas because there there is nothing that like uh, Michael Myers can do mm-hmm. besides the context that we've already seen him in. Yes, um, and they don't want to deviate from what people expect. But it, it was just like, yeah, they gotta they gotta they gotta figure out how to stop at some point. It, yeah. it, it, it's well, we know the third one. It's not called Halloween Ends either, or it, it's called Halloween Dies. It's something stupid. Like, it doesn't match what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Like, even just from the title, I'm like, oh, whatever. And they do some weird things by killing off some characters that should have remained till the end. Um, I'm not going to spoil it because it's kind of recent still, but it did not age well. I, I mean, like, I'm an avid horror fan now, so I get where the bad critiques are coming from. Yeah. Well, because it, it was supposed to it was supposed to come out, like, uh, like a year mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then, obviously, COVID delayed it. They wanted to do it in theaters, but um, but yeah, I, I just I, I by all accounts it just sounds very messy. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, to end my segment of the tangent, I have um, if you haven't seen this, Dan, I'm lending it to you tonight. Mm-hmm. I have an American Werewolf in London. I have seen that. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. It is. Watch it. <laughs> uh, famous, famous. Uh, you know, pioneering effects. Yep. The I forget what the name of it is, but the the mechanical puppet that makes his mm-hmm. like the the mask that makes his you know, snout area snout expand mm-hmm. that that is still used yeah. to, that that's like a that was a revolutionary little film moment yeah i mean that's not like an underground indie gem but no uh, it's up there like huh. the best 
Oh, I guess it was smaller that the, uh, fucking The Mummy movie ripped it off. Oh. Yeah, remember? The new Mummy? Yeah, the Tom Cruise one. Oh, I didn't see it. They, uh, they rip off the the friend being a zombie who does mm. wisecracks mm. and, like, is bound to yeah, the protagonist to, like, the, who... Yeah. So, yeah. Who killed him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it wouldn't be me if I didn't suggest uh, Suspiria 2018. Of course. I think it's better than the original. It's an artsy film. Check out our previous episode. But I've said too much. I've said too much. Dan, what do you have to offer me? I do not have as an extensive list. Because uh, I'm, I'm just pulling these out of, out of my head. Yeah. Um, oh, I saw a tangent that I could go for and I went for it, Dan. No, this is quality. Yeah. Uh, quality. These are all good, solid recommendations. Um, if, if anyone is listening to this and, and you know, is writing them down or... Not if you're driving, but you know, if you're, you should. We you know, take all of our recommendations if you if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I dabbled in that tangent last week because I wanted to you know the the two Adams family movies. Yes. Uh, beyond quality. Um, and again, these are not these are not sleeper hits. These are just things that that we have never gotten to discuss here before. I got to give a shout out to Beetlejuice. My you know. I love that movie. That was probably my one of my most watched like Halloween movies growing up. Mm. Um, uh, Thirteen Ghosts, yes, classy. Uh, another favorite of mine, and I and I am talking about the newer one. Mm-hmm. I I liked. I yeah. legitimately love the the newer one with uh, Matthew Lillard and mm-hmm. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, it, it is. It is. I don't know. Like it, it's a premise that could have flopped really bad, but the 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 ghost designs are all boy and mom. <laughs> well, yeah, but they all like the the mother and the child, yes. the jackal, the yeah. and they're all no, like fine. they're fine. all tropey, and they all are like the the makeup yeah. work. We is have to phenomenal. do that with the Catherine Zeta Jones, the haunting. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like a good double feature. I feel. Uh yeah, th- and Owen Wilson's there. <laughs> Uh, 13 Ghosts. I'm trying to think of if there's any, um... I mean... I think how... Because I, I, I'm going to confuse it with the board game, but House on Haunted Hill? No, well, it depends on what original. The original is like a, a lesbian classique. Yes. Yeah, or are yeah. you thinking of Haunting of Hill House by uh, Mike Flanagan? No, I'm thinking of the old one. All right, yeah. The black uh, and white one, yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that was... That's a pretty standout movie. I mean, not to diss Mike Flanagan, I like his work. Mm-hmm. I think it's artsy. Haunting a Hill's House is good. Check out Midnight Mass, if you haven't yet. Yeah, I do need to do But that. I mean, as a Protestant, I don't think you'll feel the same way. I'm just... You know, I hate to bring it up every episode, Dan. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, mm. Yeah, because we already talked about a few of them. Hellraiser, we talked yes. about last week. Uh, you know. Did you see the Chihuahua dressed as... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's taking the internet by storm. Uh, uh, rightfully so. Yes. Um... Such earthly delights, pressure and pain. I, at the time when I first saw it, really enjoyed Drag Me to Hell. Oh, I love Drag Me to Hell. It's got that goat. Bah! <laughs> yeah, and that that did. What I it did love Drag me. me to Hell, even though that's a Sam Raimi joint. Well, Sam Raimi, you know, yeah, hits and misses. It was giving me classic Stephen King vibes. Give me thinner. Yeah, um, thinner. You know, obviously, I always go to bat for the Blair Witch movies, but yes. we have talked about those. Yes. Um. And just trying out from from like a like a weird horror standpoint, this this one might be more eh, mm-hmm. but I I remember enjoying mostly uh, The Exorcist, the beginning mm. where you see Father Marin and you know mm-hmm. I, I, how he got to be. I saw it at just the right age where yeah. I was like, ooh, not my fave. 
you know, and it's because it's like they they're around the spot where Lucifer uh, it's physically Pazuzu. it's Pazuzu. Yeah. Well, <laughs> part of the movie is like the the, the spot where suppose you know literally instead of metaphorically lucifer fell to earth and that it causes this whole thing um but i thought that was a really interesting plot point when i watched that the first time Uh, that's probably been lost to the ages though um trying to think what else there is i mean i would suggest are you into alien which is a classic yeah Yeah. alien and aliens oh we're counting sci-fi i now i accept sci-fi after loving dune so much spoilers for next week's discussion where we have the dune cast yeah oh no we're definitely doing the dune cast yeah um uh, yeah i'm trying to think if there's a a, a, uh the original grudge i remember enjoying have you seen texas chainsaw massacre hills have eyes you know jeepers creepers (laughs) where'd you get them peepers dad Oh, that, uh, that, the guy who made those ended up being a creep. Yeah, so, no, I uh, heard that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, fair. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I have more classics to show. Halloween's gonna be around. I think next Halloween we should go in. Yeah, do yeah. A, a whole month of spoops. <laughs> well, we had Vampire November, or December. We did, yeah, that's, vam- yeah, that's right. Vampember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah, it's not, yeah. There's no reason we can't bring that back. No. Um. We could do it any month. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, probably probably a shout out to all those '90s Scooby Doo movies. Ah, uh, Zombie Island, Witch's Ghost. Yep, Cyber uh, Cyber Chase. Yeah, but I I, I don't want to I don't want to drift too far. Mm. So if if, if you want like yes. to get into the content at hand, all right. I mean. So we've arrived. Fifteen minutes in, I am here, Dan. <laughs> and Drawing Board Coon is here as well. But instead of the Drawing Board Coon that we know and love, he is Constant Wind Blowing Billowing Scarf Edition. <laughs> Okay. He is wearing a billowing <laughs> cloth around his nape. <laughs> like Zendaya, yes. Yeah, and posed artistically <laughs> in every waking moment. Because tonight, on this humble little podcast, we are watching House, or as the Japanese call it, Hausu. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a 1977 Japanese comedy horror film directed and produced by Nobuhiko Obayashi. Uh, the budget for this film was 10 billion won, approximately 8.8 million American dollars, and the box office was 38.6 million. So pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good. Made back its investment. Uh, the film is about a schoolgirl traveling with her six classmates to her ailing aunt's country home, where they come to face with supernatural events, Dan, much mm-hmm. like we do every episode of this podcast. <laughs> uh, following the success of the American film Jaws, a proposition from the Toho Film Studio for Nobuhiko Obayashi, famous for directing, editing, writing, and producing films and TV advertisements, including a live-action adaptation of The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, uh, the Discarnates, sure, Sada and more, um, was asked to develop a similar script to those. Um, to find inspiration for the story, Obayashi-kun uh, discussed ideas, or Obayashi-san, sorry, he's not a third, each bracket, uh, discussed ideas with his preteen daughter, uh, Chigumi Obayashi. Uh, Nobuhiku sought her ideas believing that adults only think about things they understand. Everything stays on the boring human level, while children can come up with things that can't be explained. Thus, childhood fears. And thus, this movie, Haosu, which feels like a a child's eyes through the eyes of cinema. Yeah. Uh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to drag us back yes. to the hell tangent, yeah. but I... 
uh, I forgot Rose Red. Oh. I always forget Stephen Rose King Red. Joint, yeah. I love Rose Red. Oh. I don't hear anyone ever talk about it. Too spooky for me. <laughs> it's also a, a haunted house movie. Yes. And if you haven't seen it's a it. Mini series, it's a mini series, but please go check out Rose Red. And yeah. I will that was what that was the whole point of me bringing that up. Well, <laughs> and to, you blew it, Dad. <laughs> what else can I say, huh? Alright, but but continue. Yeah. yeah. So Obayashi also incorporated themes of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki into the script. Obayashi was born in Hiroshima and lost all his childhood friends from these bombings. Obayashi applied these themes with the plot element of a woman's ghost waiting for her lover's return from World War II. Good tangent from uh, Ghastly last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the woman's bitterness about the war turns her into an evil spirit and devours the girls who are unaffected by the bombings. The script for Haosu was greenlit shortly after being presented to Toho. No directors at Toho were interested in directing the film as they felt that it would end their career. Obayashi proposed that he would direct it, but turned it down initially as he was not a staff member at Toho. Uh, Haosu did not start filming until two years after the script's completion. Toho allowed Obayashi to announce that the film had been greenlit and began promoting the film by passing out business cards which advertised the film. In the 1960s, Obayashi created a short film entitled Emotion that was popular at Japanese universities and event halls. Fans of the television commercial and work f- and film work, his television and film work, uh, hoped to him helped him promote Haosu before it was even in production. Obayashi recalled that his producer told him that Toho was tired of losing money on comprehensible films and were ready to let Obayashi direct the Haosu script which they felt was incomprehensible. So, like, you know, a, a niche hole-in-the-wall film. We watched one cut of The Dead. It's, like, a similar thing in real life. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you something to direct that's incomprehensible because it's what we want to see. Uh, Toho officially greenlit the film's production after the success of the radio drama based on House, and Obayashi received special permission to direct the film despite not being a member of the Toho staff. Hmm. I would imagine this is the 60s. Some of those films losing money might have been Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then. Uh, products based on Haosu were released, including manga, a novelization of the script, and a radio drama. The soundtrack for the film was created and released before the film was made, interestingly enough. Uh, the majority of the cast of House were not established actors, with many having primarily only worked with Obayashi on his commercials and independent films. During the two-year waiting period to start filming House, Obayashi created several commercials and began casting the seven girls from Models, uh, who were models in these commercials. That makes sense. Mm. It does. Because yeah. there's a lot of shots in this movie that look like, you know... Commercials and model... You know, deceptively yeah. tranquil. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, yeah. Uh, overly pretty. And then it, yeah. would, it kind of... It feels contrast. like an overlong commercial for yeah. something that we're not buying. But yeah. And it's like pulling the Ryan Murphy card. Like, I know you. Come act in my motion picture or television franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country music singer, Kiyohiko Ozaki, who plays Mr. Togo in the film was cast because he was friends with Obayashi through their shared hobby of horseback riding. Other roles were filled by members of the crew and their families. For example, Nobuhiko Obayashi's daughter, uh, Chigumi, plays the little girl, and the film's production designer plays the shoemaker. Mm-hmm. So, it's about who you know in this business, man. <laughs> Maybe I'll <laughs> cast you in something. House was filmed on one of Toho's largest sets, where Obayashi shot the film without a storyboard over a period of about two months. Obayashi described the attitude on the set as very upbeat, as he often skipped, sang, played quiz, played <laughs> quiz games with the younger actresses on set. So, I mean, that's a real Jonathan move there. <laughs> but you could turn on a dime. Dan, who's the most beautiful on the set? <laughs> uh, you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Interesting answer, Dan. Skip, skip, skip. You live another day. Despite having fun on set, members of the Toho crew felt that the film was nonsense. Obayashi found the acting of the seven girls to be poor while trying to direct them verbally. He began playing the film's soundtrack on set, which changed the girls' way of acting, or how they were acting on film, when they got into the spirit of the music. That's it. Okay. Interesting. So, you know, when I play Pyla Pone singing Don't Cry For Me Argentina, Dan, I want you to fail. <laughs> As if the, you are Ava Perone on the Casa Rosada. Play the Crash Bandicoot menu music. <laughs> oh, I'm really feeling it. <laughs> oh, I remember that menu music. Uh, Obayashi already had experience with special effects from his work on television commercials. Obayashi and the cameraman oversaw the special effects for the film. Obayashi desired the special effects to look unrealistic as if a child created them, and later said that some of the effects did not turn out exactly how he wanted them. But I Mm -hmm. think it, I mean, after watching it for a couple times, I feel like that has stayed true. Yes. It's like through the mind or the eyes of a child. Um, Haosu was distributed by Toho. It was originally released as a double feature with the romance film Pure Hearts in Mud. Toho did not expect House to be successful, but the film became a commercial hit, becoming specifically popular with a youth audience. And then Pure House, Hearts in Mud, I think it gets a line drop in this film, which is very interesting. It's like they're in a shared universe. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. That's yeah. All, yeah. 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 It's like a Totoro Grave of the Fly yeah. situation. Uh, yeah, again. same universe. Hate to bring that up. That's a retro watch on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, The film did not receive many reviews in Japan on its initial release. The general reception among Japanese critics who did not review the film was negative. Nobuhiko Abayashi won the Blue Ribbon Award for Best New Director in 1978 for House. And on House's theatrical screenings across North America, the film began to receive generally favorable reviews. Which this feels like an American fun stoner watch, too. Yes. Yeah. No, I could see... Yeah, I could see 70s American audiences, like... Yeah. Yeah, this fits it's in line. It's got, like, with... the anti-war sentiment. It's got the uh, hazy visuals in it. Like, yeah. So uh, a lot of things a would match. strike a chord there. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times critics picks, uh, or was it New York Times critic pick, stating that Mr. Obayashi has created a true fever dream of the film, one in which the young female imagination, that of his daughter, gorgeous or both, yields memorable results. The Seattle Times gave House three out of four stars, stating that what the film lacks in technical wizardry, it more than makes up for in playful un- ingenuity. Or is that on- that's ingenuity? Ingenuity. You're going to say ingenuity. 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 <laughs> uh, injecting cheesy effects into outrageously stylized set pieces. The New York Post gave the film three and a half stars out of four, praising the film's originality, comparing it to the works of directors Dario Argento, Suspiria, mm. and Guy Madden. In the years following its release, House has gradually accumulated a cult following and is now considered a cult classic. Rotten Tomatoes offers a 90% approval rating, stating House is a gleefully, gleefully demented collage of grand guignol <laughs> guffaws and bizarre sequences. So a grand guignol is like the Italian classics, like the bloody, okay. um, overdramatic. Um, it used to be a theater, like, I think in London, that they would do productions like that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I'm beheading this woman on stage and the blood would splatter on the audience. Okay. People were into that. Um, a little bit of theater knowledge for <laughs> you back there. But uh, House has been included by multiple lists by various media outlets. In 2009, the Japanese film magazine Kinema Junpo placed House at number 160 on their list of top 200 Japanese films. Screen Ranch ranked the film at number 9 on their list of 16 best Japanese horror movies of all time. 
Bloody Disgusting include the film in the 20 all-time best haunted house horror movies. Timely but unfortunate, as we mentioned last year, Obayashi-san died on the 10th of April 2020 at the age of 82 from lung cancer in Tokyo. So we watch in his camp horror honor. Yes. Yes, uh, we mentioned previously. But now we get to the film at hand. Have you seen this? Any previewing expectations, Dan? Well, I did. You lent this to oh, me. Oh, that's true. I, I did watch it. I did. Mm. Interesting. Uh, I've seen it uh, come up in a few other places since then, but I, yeah, I. So I did. I did. I have seen this. I think this is a rare occasion where we we both have. Uh, but I did love this movie, and I'm excited to kind of discuss it in depth as we go, because mm. I think it's I think it's worthy of that, and it's a perfect Halloween treat. So. Mm. Yeah, I'd say I'm excited. So I'm also excited. This is one of my faves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of podcasts I've been listening to have been bringing it up, so we can be topical yet again. Pat. Yes, we can. Mm. <laughs> Always on the the pulse of society. <laughs> so we've said too much. It's been an hour. It's another long one. Buckle up, strap in. It's fine. We like scares. Yeah, I like a long <laughs> one. So without further ado, wrap on table. It's time to respond. Send us a message from somewhere beyond. Dad, I don't trust that kid. Dan, play me my song, just like in olden times. <laughs> what the dead rendezvous? <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. But close enough. So we just finished watching Haosu. Any initial thoughts on a, a reviewing of Haosu? It's good as always. Mm. Uh, as we noted very early on, it's a very good trippy 70s, uh, you know, Horror flick, yeah. like like yeah, again to restate, we, we could easily see how people in the seventies would watch this and you know have a fun time. Yeah, it, it definitely fits in with the era. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a very weird movie, but it's like it's a cool movie and it's, it's perfect for yeah. like the spooky season. You can yeah. invite a few friends over, get some, get a little high, <laughs> <laughs> watch out soon. Yeah, it's, get a little drunk, get a little high. It, it's perfect for that. It's like you know. Mm. You probably want to prime people that you know it's it's supposed to be like a like a campy silly like yeah. horror, but it, it's got legitimately creepy little moments in it. And, and I think yeah. there's some undertones here, like on watching, like there's some layers here to dissect. There from. are like yeah. it, it, it turns into like a, a family picture. Like, is this my family? Is this not my family? Yeah. I think it's like part of like um, daughters accepting their stepmothers sort of thing going on. We've got the classic like children's fable, of course. Well, yeah, and the nature of family because the aunt is the main, yeah. you know, like. Well, is not... she a antagonist though? That's a good point. She's kind of like being spurned by like the war and like unrequited love. Then, like, she waited yeah. for her love. She did her duty. Now she's lashing out at the war, the the world. And we're not sure. Well, it could be the cat, also. Uh, oh, we yeah, don't know. Sh- we don't. We don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's always the cat, isn't it? it? Yeah. No. No. There is. I mean, we can get into that as we discuss the plot. But mm-hmm. there's definitely. You no. Know, there is layers to this. Yeah. 
All right, so with the plot synopsis, and please feel free to help out Mm -hmm. with me as I stumble to try to read through this plot synopsis, because it is a wacky movie. Yes. So the plot doesn't really make sense. I'm just, you know, picking at straws here. Yeah, you gotta watch this to to see it on me, because again, uh, you know, with the commercial actresses, and like it's definitely one of those things where early on it feels like you're watching like a... Again, like an ad or mm-hmm. a music video or something, mm-hmm. and it and then it, you know, and it uses that throughout, but yeah. it definitely starts in a very upbeat way. Yeah. So. It's a very like free spirited kind of trippy trip yeah. <laughs> to take on. So we begin with a very melodramatic yet oddly upbeat score. So like immediately out the gate, we know that this is going to be a camp time at the mm-hmm. cinema show. Um, at school, young best friends, gorgeous and fantasy. Yes, that is their real names <laughs> going into this. And I do like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's tropey. Yeah, like, it's Dan's like, oh, I see. It's another like you know, uh, they fit into these roles, and we you know, I I would assume that those aren't their their names, but as mm-hmm. far as you know, the world of the movie is concerned, then yeah. that's just what we're going to call them. That's mm-hmm. what that's how we see them. That's what yeah. we're going to call them. So. so everyone's named after a trope. Dan, I have to ask, what would be my trope? I think you said pretentious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Turning my nose up at everything. Snooty or whatever. Yeah, snooty. <laughs> and Dan would be tropey. Yes. <laughs> I've seen all the movies. Yeah. He's like that character from Lady in the Water, as I told Dan. <laughs> I know when I've read one book, I know exactly what happens. <laughs> yes, I have read one book. So. Um, pretty sure. And it wasn't Dune. You made it through halfway. Huh? Yes. Hmm. 1.5. Yeah. Um, so anyway, at this school, young girl, best friends, gorgeous in fantasy, take some creepy pictures uh gorgeous looks forward to summer vacation now that her father is returning from italy because he is a uh, film scorer he writes the score for films and some foreshadowing because what they're they're doing at the beginning is they're in their like the chemistry room Mm -hmm. and over the bunsen burners they're taking like pictures where gorgeous is pretending to be a witch Mm -hmm. and fantasy's like i don't know i just chose to shoot it like that because you have like a A witchy air yeah like a witch vibe and then she's like oh but uh, foreshadows. I mean, I mean, with all the Argento <laughs> stuff, this could be like in the same realm of Suspiria the original. No reason we to watch it. it. Yeah, no it's, very, it's giving me those vibes. But um, uh, apparently, Gorgeous is going to stay in Korizawa just to like chill with her father when he gets back. Mm-hmm. So they have some time to re um, reinvest like with each other. Uh, Fantasy is going to a training camp with some of the other girlfriends. Apparently, there's six girls and Gorgeous. So like these seven form a trifecta. We get like the number seven. Which in, like, folk tales is a big thing. Yes. Um, just want to point that out. Fantasy has a crush on Keisuke Togo, Mr. Togo, who I assume is one of their teachers. He kind of just shows up in a lab coat sometimes and is yeah. there. I mean, I don't know how... I don't know if this is... This isn't played as, like, sinister. No. It's just she, she thinks that this teacher is cute. Yeah. And I guess he's in charge of, like, whatever club they're all in. So yeah. he would have to take them wherever this summer trip is. Mm-hmm. Um... But it, but it does get cancelled. Yeah, so Mr. Togo is going as well. The trip to his sister's inn. Um, I put down, you are fantastic as usual. And then one of their teachers, like Gorgeous and Fantasy, have this conversation with one of their teachers as they're leaving the building. Coach. Yeah, the coach. And apparently she's marrying, or she's married to Mr. Togo. So there's like that that student-teacher oh. relationship thing going on. Like okay. maybe you have a crush on someone. So like, what's her line in the story? Because she seems like a good mentor for them. She advises them to have a good stummer and stuff, but she's well, never seen again. I, well, well, that is recurring. Yeah. You reject someone who is, like, extending 
warm feelings mm-hmm. to you, and then you uh, you turn to the one who's yeah less never, good. Yeah. So yeah, you'll never love that, I, truly. Anyways, like me and Dan recording this podcast, we merrily skip home, mm-hmm. <laughs> gorgeous and fantasy. Uh, with plenty of cheesy framing shots, but the backdrops in this are really good. It does feel very television, mm-hmm. like um, when they're running up steps with like the sunset in the background uh, near the apartment complexes. It's like it feels very television. But well, yeah, no. And then gorgeous's how like oh, yeah, apartment yeah. is straight yeah, out. Yeah, it's of a, a soundstage on purpose. Yeah. It's like it's like a very soap opera mm-hmm. uh, like set with the the, the sunset sky, yeah. like perpetual sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I was in the weird little, like, grass balcony. Yeah. So, Gorgeous arrives home to find her father on their spacious AstroTurf balcony set, as I have written down in my notes. Uh, he has some important news to share. A woman companion will be accompanying them to Korizawa. A beautiful, windy woman shot. <laughs> she emerges. <laughs> her new stepmother, in quotes, Ryoko Emma comes, and she carries with her a constant fan, then. <laughs> yes, that blows her scarf in the wind. Uh, and I, I, I guess we assume that she is a... She's an actress that yeah. uh, the father met while f- scoring the movie. Yeah. Overseas. A new muse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. New mommy's here. I mean, she... Is she... Do you think she's malevolent at heart? Do you think she has well-being in her, this stepmother? It, I mean, I think it could be taken either way. I just want your opinion. I I don't... Th- I, I I think she's I think she's okay. Yeah, she's she's like flighty. Or she, she no, she comes off as like maybe a bit. I don't know, like romanticizes things, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. She doesn't do the usual evil stepmom yeah. tropes of like. I, you you brought me back to meet her because there could yeah. be a way you see this movie like a path we take where she's just in it for the husband and wants to ditch gorgeous no easily you could you could take it either way but it's it's like she doesn't she doesn't do the usual tropes that Mm -hmm. unless what she ends up doing was supposed to be like a thing to like strong arm gorgeous into liking her you know but i i I think i agree with you i think she's nicer than she lets on flighty's a good word (laughs) yeah uh gorgeous is shocked as she's still not over the death of her birth mother eight years earlier Gorgeous says she will not go on the trip. We get a split slash freeze screen, dramatic run, as she's like, I won't go with you. And they call out to Gorgeous, Gorgeous, stop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Spin clothing change, and then she is talking to a photo of her mother remembering and hating her father for moving on. She's in a room with all of the giant rose appliques on the wall. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same wallpaper that we see in the house who later. So, I mean, I don't know if flowers are some symbolism here, but she's in boom. Yeah. Well, at the very least, her mom likes them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, instant or transition. Like oh, what were you going to say? Or liked them. Or liked them, yeah. Uh, instant transition to the six other schoolgirls. We meet our other tropes. We've got Prof, who uh, is... Grant. The, <laughs> yep. Well, the, the brains of the group. Melody, who is me by default. Because you two can't carry a tune to save your <laughs> life. She is a music player. Kung Fu, the athletic Kung Fu fighter. Mac, who loves to eat. And uh, sweet, kind, and gentle. And then, of course, fantasy, the daydreamer and aforementioned best friend to Gorgeous. They're all plotting in, like, their uh, school's, I don't know, courtyard Mm -hmm. where there's Venus de Milo for some reason. Mm -hmm. And, like, I like these shots because they show, like, a lot of random school happenings going on behind them. 
Like yeah. this is a movie to rewatch because I I picked up on a few little details. No, and I'm viewing. sure I'm sure in successive viewings there is a lot. Like I like I even now that you meant like if it's a if it's a, a Venus statue, mm-hmm. center shot, yeah. and then when they look back, gorgeous is center yeah. shot. So yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going on there. Um, so all six of these girls will be vacationing by the sea. They're thinking about Mr. Togo, and then I asked, what exactly are they going to this training camp for? With Mr. Togo. I'm, it's, again, I it works in its, like, self-insert. They're just going. They're going on a school <laughs> they thing. They need a summer yeah. anime arc to yeah. attend, I guess. Um, Gorgeous joins the group and asks if she can come along. Mr. Togo arrives in a lab coat and, like, a little dune buggy sort of car, which is his staple, saying that his sister will be having a baby, so the inn is a no-go. Gorgeous then asks them to all come to her mother's hometown to stay with her aunt. Uh, she already wrote a letter asking but only met her once. She kind of wants to spend time with her aunt to fill the void of, like, missing her mom. And yes. she hasn't spent any time with her aunt, so... Not since she was six yeah. at their grandmother's funeral, yeah. I believe, was what they said. And we see some, like, scenes of her writing a letter, then one night, suddenly, this white cat enters through the window by the name of Blanche. <laughs> Blanche Dubois. <laughs> Stella! Something's off about this cat. Where are we gonna watch Streetcar, Dan? <laughs> You yeah. never take me to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> How do we fit that into anime? <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, Gorgeous's aunt writes back and says that all are welcome. Ryoko suggests she will visit the aunt's house later to come to terms with Gorgeous uh, for the good of their relationship. So here's kind of like the ploy. Like, I'll come visit you later. And that's like the only thing we kind of get where is this like a fake stepmommy situation or is she really trying to do he- yeah. yeah, like, like, and and again, it just it goes on how much like you you think about these tropes and stuff, and it, it's like if this had been one of those movies where the stepmom like intruded on the yeah. like because when I was originally watching this the first time when you lent this to me and I was watching it, I assumed that you know knowing movie cliches mm-hmm. that the mom was the stepmom was going to show up halfway through the spooky shit going down, yeah. and then she would do something to like reveal... Like, to yeah, or something, or, like, reveal that she's in cahoots with the aunt or something. Yeah, or or just flat-out, like, ditch gorgeous show that she's not, like, worthy of being mm-hmm. her new mother, uh, you know, or or some kind of interesting dynamic with the, the, the aunt, because, yeah. like, uh, not only did her, you know, younger sister get to marry a man, and then... <laughs> Like a rich, like, husband, but then he gets a second one, and then this is going to be, you know, yet another mother figure for her niece. Mm -hmm. So, uh, maybe, could have been, but... No, I see that. It's just an interesting read for me, because we have all these female dynamics in the film. Um, I just like to hear people's opinions on that. So, like a 70s fever dream, or when we visit Japan, Mr. Togo (laughs) falls down some stairs, and the girls prepare to leave. So, this scene is like... That Carrie scene that I was referencing, it's that very Brian De Palma we're trying on tuxes before the prom, yes. set to crazy zany music. There's a cobbler, there's a little pony sitting there for some reason. Yeah, like the camera keeps going up and people yeah. are opening their windows. And yeah, it feels wait, like a, yeah. a French musical. It feels like, oh my god, why can't I remember the um, fucking writer for the French musicals? Uh, Jacques Demi. Because mm-hmm. it's very picturesque. Everyone's like opening their windows saying, hello, like good morning. And then his butt gets stuck in a bucket, so yeah. he reveals that to the girls that he's going to come later. Because Blanche trips him down the stairs. <laughs> That's true. Blanche, this cat, is the crux to all the action of the film. Um, the girls run for their train and say they'll meet Mr. Togo later. And there is 
they see Gorgeous standing on the platform, and then there's this huge, lavish, television-style train set with, yes. like, a, a cast of zany characters. We've got a nun and a father. We've got children running around the background. Just random travelers. Like, yeah. I love this set. It feels very... Like, I don't know, it feels spacious, it feels roomy, fun to be in. Yeah, of the, you know, and then you got, like, the, the you know, the, the, the movie staple, like, mm-hmm. the the scenery roller thing yeah. in the back, yeah. you know, and it's, and sometimes, because they reuse the fake um, Vista thing frequently, yeah. it's at the station, like, where you think that they're standing in front of, like, a, like a nice, beautiful valley. But it's just a backdrop, yeah. A- and then when they get to the place, that place is there again, and then it's also, I think, outside the window of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, and even yeah. Blanche is there. She's welcomed onto the train. I wrote balance in my notes. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and when they see, they, when they see Blanche on the train, we get the, the introduction of, uh, like, oh, they say a, a witch cat can... Yeah. Or no, uh, like, any cat can open a door, but Only a, witch a witch cat, cat can close one. So, again, Grant would, uh, you know, yeah. be able to provide... Well, Grant input, is the but... prof in the group. He'd be like, <laughs> I don't buy any of this cockamamie bullshit. But, but do keep that in mind, because yeah. that, that cat is spooky, so... And then Gorgeous tells the girls about her aunt and her mother's hometown... They only met once, and we get a recap of World War II, a film flashback style the girls comment on. I like the scene, because it's films like girls or, like, just young people watching... A romance a, movie. Yeah, a cinematic recap. Like, they're commenting on things that are very adjacent to their beliefs. Like, even, like, at the end where we get, like, the Hiroshima bombings, they're like, oh, it looks like a giant mushroom. Yeah. Like, we weren't alive back then. It's kind of like a different lens door during certain things. Yeah. Like, oh, those are the war papers? I thought that was just, like, um, a, a housekeeping, wedding, a housekeeping yeah. thing. So, like, I like how it's portrayed here, and it's done very well with, like, sepia tones, and then, it, like, it changes color and time period throughout. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it like, because this is not one of those horror movies where the cast are bad people. It's just, like, if anything, they're naive. Mm-hmm. And that that is conveyed through that little moment. Like, none of them... None of them have, like, vices or anything mm-hmm. that... that the well, house... they do technically do, because their vice is their trope name. Well, That's the thing that does them in. Yeah, but not not to not to the extent that, like, a horror movie would usually take. Yeah. I, well, no, we'll talk about that, because yeah. that's a good point. No, that's that is a, very, a good point, yeah. That's a very good point. But, yeah. like, they, you know, they, if anything, the, what gets them into this mess is that they're, you know, naive. They're mm-hmm. susceptible to it, so... They're young. We learned that uh, Gorgeous's aunt has lost her fiancé and is still waiting... A la Ghastly and Maiden's Peak yes. that we saw last week. Please tune in. Um, and the girls get off in the picturesque countryside. We get the typical anime introductions of each of the characters with like a close-up on their faces mm-hmm. and like a, a signature line to go along with their trope. Uh, and just just to note the the just I mean with the, yeah. the, the Ghost of Maiden's Peak flashback, we see like the aunt's whole life, like how she lost her fiance during the war, is still waiting. And then we see her in the Dan Jonathan shot where yes. she's at her younger sister's wedding, Gorgeous's mom. Juggling. And she, yeah. yeah. And, and she, she, she juggles and she's clearly standing there like, mm, like, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone is moving forward except me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so while they're going on the way to the house, they come across a watermelon stand and we get the classic foreteller trope that's like, oh, that's the mansion up on the hill. We haven't had visitors for a long time. Yeah. Maybe you should turn around. But the girls are too naive to say that. Of course, Mac is like, let me purchase a watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mac, you're so fat. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> one of those big Yoshi melons that's made of plastic. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Um, but 
they're advised that uh, the watermelon salesman seems a little odd and that there hasn't been a visitor to this house in a good long while. Strange happenings at a strange house. Uh, Blanche runs inside this house when the girls arrive there. Of course, we get, like, that screeching eagle for, like, one scene. Yeah, the puppet eagle. Yeah, yeah. it's like, ah! And no one else notices. I like how it's very theatrical in that way. Like, there's a random prop that one person notices, and the rest are just, like, staring off into the middle distance. And that keeps... I think that happens a few times, so... You can tell they work in TV, because it's, like, the upgraded theater trope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, the gates open and who should be revealed? None other than the aunt who's sitting picturesque in a wheelchair. Like, welcome to Fantasy Island. How'd she get down those stairs, Dan? Well, I, I'm in this wheelchair for dramatic effect. It's not. (laughs) Uh, Fantasy, uh, well, the auntie reveals that she's been waiting for Gorgeous for this whole time. And Fantasy tries to snap a pic, but, uh, Blanche's eyes glow, causing her to drop that $400 Yamaha camera. Yeah. But a, a ghost trope, they, yeah. you know, they don't want to be photographed. And I think yeah. we see things later. Oh, that... yeah. We see her, like, avoiding light with her hand over... There was a lot of little details in this film. Avoiding mirrors. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so the group gifts a watermelon to Auntie, and she suggests putting in the well for later to cool down a very, like, you know, uh, traditional uh, kind of just situation to do in that yeah. house. You put the watermelon in the well, as you do. Uh, the old house is lavish and creepy. Uh, chandelier crystals fall and almost impale the girls, but Kung Fu gets her first moment to leap into action. <laughs> and I, this is probably like Dan's favorite character. Oh yeah, Kung Fu, yeah. Well, without a doubt, she yeah. is the most fun. She's She seems like the protag She does movie, seem so. like the protag, and I was like, well, you know, I would give this film to Prof or maybe even fantasy at times, but uh, Kung Fu does the most. Yeah. And seems to be the most level-headed. If any, like she's not the final girl, but she's adjacent to the final girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and fantasy, fantasy's a, uh, an interesting take on the final girl. Like that. Yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah. But so Auntie talks to Melody about the grand piano. And the, also, I put down Melody. She needs to respect personal boundaries in this film. Yeah, she gets right up in Auntie's face, and Auntie gives her a, like a look that's like, "Please leave." Oh, another another recurring thing. I yeah. apologize. Um, oh. the the. Because this was this was something I didn't notice the first time, but when when the the auntie walks them into the room, she's like, "Mr. Chandelier, give yeah. us some light," and then the chandelier turns, and on. it's a recurring thing that that it's a objects, moment. yeah, yeah, like the objects in the house are sentient mm-hmm. or like they they're spiteful of people coming in. Yeah. So because it's, I think it's like w- almost one object per character. Gets yeah, something to they do. They all so. get done in by an object, don't they? Yes. So. Oh, I didn't notice that. Like, Gorgeous gets done in by her vanity. You could say that the light does kung fu in through hot-headedness. Yeah, the, well, in the the chandelier is supposed to take out uh, fantasy or sweet, I think. Mm. And, no, it's supposed to take out fantasy. And then she's like, thank you for saving me, kung fu. And then that, but kung fu saves her. Oh. And then we don't know, we don't see what happens with, with fantasy, but, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, multiple viewings. It's um, But Auntie shows Melody the grand piano in the other room. Save that for later. That's a mystery mascot tool that will help us on our journey. And a spooky skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the girls volunteer to help and clean. Because apparently it's like some old clinic mm-hmm. that she used to teach piano in. And her father was like a doctor. Yeah, her father was a doctor. Then she taught piano in there. Yeah. Uh, the girls volunteer to help clean and admire Melody's piano playing to set the mood. There's a creepy skeleton, part clinic. Okay, so I have it written down here. Auntie's grandfather used to treat patients there. Uh, the girls say they shall cook, and they look towards Mac like, I know who'll be in charge of the food. 
Poor Mac. Yeah. I yeah. You're always giving her shit. The Liz Lemon <laughs> character. <laughs> She's unhinging her jaw. Only. And a big clock is heard tolling elsewhere in the house. Auntie talks with the furniture, as Dan said, and proclaims that the fridge is out of order. Before this, like when they're going down the hall, she does have a little move, the Auntie, where she like puts her hand up to her face to like avoid the sunlight. Yeah. So, and then later on, she says, like, the sunlight bothers me. I'm sensitive to it. But, um, Prof is to act as the leader until Mr. Togo arrives. So they're giving the leader role to the brains here. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mac is named that because she is fat. That's what I've written down. Oh, well, no, because, uh, Auntie, that's a strange nickname. Yeah. When she's like, yeah, we call her that because she's fat and loves to eat. But, you know, Auntie clearly has something else in mind. Yeah, so she comments that all the girls look tasty and she is afraid of sunlight. Um, Mac goes to fetch the watermelon later that night and the girls eat as Auntie rests. Mac has been gone a while and Fantasy goes to search for her. So um, we don't see what happens to Mac directly, but in the well, Mac calls for Fantasy. And when Fantasy pulls up, like, the melon, it is her head. Yes. Mac's head is sitting there and it's like... It's kind of creepy when you first see it. It's like, oh, is this movie going to take a turn for that? Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns into like a comedy thing because Max head starts floating and then bites Fantasy's ass. Yeah. And it's like, mmm, tasty. And then it, it gets like pushed back and it starts just throwing up uh, <laughs> blood. Yeah. yeah. Like Dan after, what did you say? White, White Castle. Castle. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Fantasy is horrified. Uh, she runs back to the other girls and the other girls mention Hearts in the Mud, which is the double feature to this. I thought that was another unique thing. Maybe yeah. we have to watch those two together. And Auntie wakes up, and she, like, wheels in. She's like, eh, I'm fine now. I'm okay. Yeah. I can walk. Um, but no one believes Fantasy's story. Uh, the girls just uh, find a watermelon in the well, and they must, they admit to themselves, well, Mac must have went off to the neighboring potato fields. To- yeah, to steal potatoes for baked potatoes. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you know, Dan, she is fat. Yeah, and loves so, to eat. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, the girls just find a watermelon in the well and they bring it and everyone starts eating dessert. Auntie eats and winks to Fantasy and she is shown munching on what is supposedly Mac's eyeball because they're eating Mac's head like transfigured into a watermelon. Yeah, and it's yeah. a cool, uh, that's like one of the signature yeah. moments. Of it's this. a gif. It's a big gif. Like she like opens and there's an eyeball in her mouth and yeah. she's like, like she's, she's dicking with Fantasy yeah. and then Fantasy's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's traumatizing Fantasy. <laughs> and not the last time either. But, um, Drinking blood water. Oh, sorry. Um, Mac went to the Well, yeah, they don't yeah. notice that they're drinking yeah. blood water. Yeah, so Sweet continues to clean because she likes to. And then uh, while the other girls are washing dishes, Prof, like, takes some water from the spigot and then takes a sip and it's blood water. Yeah. Um, which is kind of creepy, but, but cool. And then Gorgeous is compelled by a seemingly strange force to, like, go take a bath and chill and go doll herself up for no reason yeah and this is while sweet is like volunteers to clean the whole house Mm -hmm. and she follows blanche into the the creepy shed yeah yeah and um kung fu is out cutting wood but uh in the shed um sweet finds this creepy doll and i mean me like turn around sweet yeah. What are you doing here, honey? Yeah. It's a naked American girl doll. We yeah. don't need that in my life right now. It's it, calling out yeah. her name. Yeah, it beckons to her. Yeah. I I know a haunted doll when I see one. <laughs> go, I'm going to leave here, but that's fine. Um, Gorgeous is oblivious to all that's going on. And of course, when Sweet talks to the doll, the door closes behind her. So it's yeah, like, well, yeah, we see Blanche do it. So that, oh, yeah. that's a payoff for that, yeah. I think. Um, 
then Kung Fu is out cutting wood, and then Kung Fu is attacked by wood? Yeah, like, uh, two logs. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, it must be the wind or something. Although she's like, this is getting annoying. Yeah! (laughs) But it was probably just an illusion, so whatever. Like, you would think you would be more concerned about that. Yeah, but I again, it's it's the humor. I, like I don't. It, it, she's just like uh, this. This like this house is like very accident prone. Uh-huh. So and then in the iconic scene in the film, Auntie comes downstairs and she starts dancing. She's like, "Once I visited a restaurant in town, and we did some of these moves and like prof and gorgeous, not gorgeous prof and a uh, uh, fantasy or cleaning." Yeah. And she's like tormenting fantasy. She's dipping into the refrigerator and then appearing in the foreground, winking at us, the yeah, audience. Dancing in the rafters. Yeah. And then, yeah, it, oh, it's, a, it's a great little moment. Yeah. And uh, Prof is like, it's just an empty fridge. What are you scared about? And <laughs> no one understands what fantasy is seeing. Um, don't worry, fantasy, you'll see Mac real soon. Uh, and then we get the cat remix of this iconic bop. Meow, meow, meow. Yeah, as, as like, uh, signifying that Auntie and the house are kind of coming up to, you know, to mm-hmm. life for the first time in She's a while. She's getting younger. She's absorbing the life force of the youth. The the Dem Bones is, like, dancing with her. Yeah. There's, like, uh... She's eating a hand. She's eating, um, um, Mac's hand. Yeah, she's, like, she keeps tossing, like... She tosses something into the water and it becomes a goldfish, mm. so it's, like, okay... She, she's getting her magic powers back, yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And then she's, like, eating the goldfish. She's, like, dealing with the realms of life and death, I feel. Yeah. Because she, like, brings one to life and then takes a bite out of one and brings that to life, too. Yeah. Um, but she's looking younger by the minute, Dan. If only I had this magical formula. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be doing it. Uh, upstairs, Gorgeous has led to a lavish room and mirror. So this lavish room is, like, spray-painted ivy growing over the inside of the home. Yeah. So it's like the natural world coming in with the supernatural world, I think. And I I guess we think that it was her mother's room. Yeah, it's maybe? like a Miss Havisham situation, I yeah. feel. Like, oh, I preserved this room because I'm in grief and, you know, your yeah. mother lived here too. Because I think her, her mom's picture is in there, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think so too. Uh, the piano calls out to Melody, who begins playing. And if you've seen this movie, you're like, oh, that scene is coming. But they have a few fake outs with Melody. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, she's going to play the piano in the Yeah, background. multiple fake Yeah, yeah. multiple Because when I watched outs. this recently, I was like, oh, that scene is here. And I was like, no, not yet. No, yeah. not yet. And then it's there. Well, even even that, you think that there's going to be a different death for mm-hmm. her, you know, after the, with the toilet thing. Yeah. But the, yeah, so. And Melody is oblivious to the objects dancing along with her. Gorgeous becomes entranced by the mirror and some old accessories. She sees visions of her auntie in the mirror and monsters. I put down possession question mark. I assume that's what's happening here. And we see like her going from like a young girl to an old hag and like uh, yokai teeth in the mirror. Yeah. And then clearly possessed. And then Gorgeous, as far as the audience can tell, like burns up. Yeah. Which we see later on. So, I mean, like, does her youth burn away? Is it her fiery passion? Is her... Like, or know. is her spirit gone? Yeah. 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 Uh, blood dripping in the mirror. Gorgeous face is shattered and replaced with flames. Um, another thing I noticed is this house, there's a lot of like vaguely cat-shaped things in this yes. house. Which, you know, ties in. Was it Blanche the whole time? I, I think so. <laughs> is she the true uh, Neko spirit? I don't know. Um, Fantasy tries to... Oh, sorry. Um, Swede's attacked by Blanche. And bedding. Okay, so... Uh, Sweet is outside trying to get bedding with the doll, and she's attacked by bedding in that scene. Yeah, she's suffocated by... Dan, it's just pillows! Knock them away! I'm allergic! Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
blood dripping from Blanche Benning. Melody screams. Fantasy tries to save Sweet, but to no avail. Melody gets a boo-boo from playing the piano, so that's the first fake out. Yeah. Like, we hear Melody scream. They rush to her first, and she's just like, oh, I slammed my finger in the, the piano. Yeah. It gave me a boo-boo. Um, in the shed, when they go to investigate, there is a mess, but no Sweet. They find a lot of undergarments and a naked doll. And the bedding scattered everywhere. And Blanche yeah. just chilling there. And they're like, oh, you know, Sweet must have stripped down here and then yeah, taken a bath. Yeah, also Melody is like, it doesn't smell like her. Like, smelling her underwear. Yeah, she's got personal space things. Yeah, <laughs> Melody has to have a little, you know, talk. Yeah. Uh, mm. But, uh, but yeah, so so Sweet is, has seemingly been claimed by the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantasy hears Melody scream again. Melody is just teasing with the old Akamanto myth, which is like the toilet paper thing, right? Yeah. 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 Another yeah. yokai. Well, like no, the, it's in a lot of media that I've watched recently. Yeah, so like the, like, yeah. The, the, if you're, if you're near the bathroom and a hand reaches out beckoning Red for you to hand. Red or blue toilet paper, yeah. And then if you, I forget what the, the face. Well, no, you die either way. <laughs> yes. yeah. You die no matter what, like so the, you're screwed. I think it's the manner of what yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to get your throat slit or do you want to be drowned? Yeah, so don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't go to the bathroom in Japan. <laughs> If you see a spooky hand, yeah. reach out. <laughs> well, you're dead. So Come here. You, you could say nothing and then they'll just kill you anyway. Um, but in the shed, Profess finds, Prof finds Sweet's clothes, Blanche and a new doll, as we said. Fantasy is not believed again. Mr. Togo is coming soon. Surely a man will save us. So there's that trope of like, oh... We're young, innocent women here. Surely a man's going to come and help us, but he's kind of the not the adult figure that we would want to see. Yeah, and we get scenes. This. We get scenes later contrasting how kind of inept he is, you know, or unaware he is. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, she does daydream in like an Utena style that he rides up on a white horse, saving her. Yeah, and, which is her thing. So yeah. and gorgeous is missing too. Uh, they find her upstairs after hearing her sing, and gorgeous seems sluggish along with the camera. So the camera goes into slow-mo as she comes down the stairs dressed in, like, this white outfit, tiered outfit with shoes on. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, can you, like, call the cops since this is your aunt's house and we don't want to wake her? And she tries to phone the cops, but we hear, like, people screaming out, like, help me, help me. I don't know if this is, like, the other victims of the house or... That's what I assumed. Yeah. Because because they don't hear it. We, the audience, hear it. But Mm -hmm. they don't, like... Gorgeous, at least, is, is not, you know miffed by the the screams coming from the phone yeah so yeah so gorgeous uh says the phone's out of order and she leaves to go to the police station by just walking and the other girls are locked in the house well and the phone would have been out of order anyway because in the beginning kung fu punches the chandelier crystal into into it so it would have been broken by that point so the house just you know yeah is dicking with them so yeah but once gorgeous leaves everything goes to shit the house comes alive and imprisons the girl and gorgeous auntie pulls the Jonathan and struts through the night. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it, it's it, like it's a recurring thing. I mean, I know it's a it's a recurring haunted house trope thing, but mm. the the layout of the house is kind of disorientating yeah. at some part. Like it, I think in practice, it's one big room that opens up to the like the courtyard outside, and then like uh the main foyer with the staircase, mm-hmm. the upstairs, but the way that the characters are rushing around it and the camera... It seems much bigger than it is. It, it seems a lot bigger and a lot more complicated, and mm-hmm. you can't tell where characters are entering or exiting yeah. from, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. Togo is stuck in traffic. He's behind, like, those Japanese truckers 
Yes. Like, they're like, move your little toy car off the road. I'm trying to get to where I'm going. Yeah. So, like, more ineptitude. Like, he's on the wrong road. Like, he shouldn't be driving in that lane. No, yeah. Yeah, with his little go-kart. And I think there's, like, food trucks, which foreshadows the other thing. So, So, Kung Fu can't even break through the walls. Prof, of course, as the grand character, is like, there's some reasonable explanation for this. The walls must be reinforced with a device. security (laughs) device. It must be. Um, We have to ask Auntie how to open the doors. And they go looking for Auntie, but they find Max's hand in a jar with her ribbon. And Melody, Melody, Jonathan, sing us a song to make a chair up. They're like, well, don't make me sing, but oh, like. Well, if you insist. Yeah, I'll do it anyway. Uh, so many strange things are happening. No explanation. They hear Gorgeous singing upstairs. And uh, Fantasy stays with Melody as Prof and Kung Fu investigate again. Uh, Melody is in a trance. And Gorgeous upstairs is looking pale in an old-fashioned wedding kimono, which we assume belongs to the, like, her mother or auntie's, like, unused one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a legitimately scary shot. No, it's good. She she turns around and she's, like, deathly pale Uh inside this, uh, you know, this this wedding thing. And, you know, the whole white is death trope anyway, but it's like... It's a very well shot little yeah. moment there. And there's but. good like mirror shots here because as she's like going away, Prof looks in the mirror and she sees that she's not in the mirror. Yeah, she doesn't warn Kung Fu. Yeah, she's like, she's... Oh, <laughs> oh, what's going There's a reasonable explanation, Dan. <laughs> and uh, is it at this point that they find the clock or is that later on? Uh, yeah, no, it is because Kung Fu follows Gorgeous into that other room with the mirror shot when yeah. like Kung Fu, like. Uh, Prof stays behind and is reading, uh, the auntie's journal. Yeah. And then Kung Fu follows Gorgeous into another room. Gorgeous is gone, but Sweet is inside the huge clock yeah. being gooified. Yeah, gooified. The Gooigied, yes. Yeah, gooigied. There's the verb right there. <laughs> to use a sentence. <laughs> when Dan came over, my pants were gooigied. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, suku, yeah. Ooh, so. suku, suku, yabu, yabu, indeed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Sweet is, and, and Kung Fu gets her, like, uh, you know, I think one of her pro-tag moments was like, I'm sorry, Sweet, I yeah. failed you. Yeah. Um, so downstairs, Melody is consumed and amputated by this piano in probably the most famous scene of this film. Yeah. Like, that's what everyone remembers about that. It's good effects. We've got some legs kicking out of the keys. We got someone in the bass going... Weaving their hands around. Yeah. All the body parts are coming out all over everywhere. A lot of, of like, rotoscoping and, you know, like, suitably trippy visuals. Mm -hmm. And then she giddily goes insane and her arm winds up in the fishbowl with fantasy, like, holding onto it. Like, oh my god, what's happening in here? Um, Bits of her are laughing and floating throughout. Uh, Gorgeous upstairs finds an old book called Lonely Days. And then it's the bleeding clop thing. But she finds out, like, this is a Lonely Days book written by the auntie. Like, I waited for so long. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, this will yeah. give us the back <laughs> the backlog that we need yeah, to prof- solve the mystery. Yeah, professor is reading it, right? Yeah. Whole, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they run downstairs. They see Melody's fingers are still playing the piano. And the three girls being Prof, Kung Fu, and Fantasy, Fantasy go to hide somewhere else in the living room. The house is haunted. You were right. <laughs> um we then transition to a ramen cart with mr togo who's like stopping and i like this transition because a random guy just yells in fantasy's face and then we transition to that random guy yelling for ramen yeah or like selling the ramen it's like what is going on here but that's like a fun 
yeah movie trick that's going on it is yeah it, well no and then talking of what you, what you said with the vices like i think at this point it becomes like fantasy starts to shut down yeah. because she's like okay someone's going to sit like togo will be here to save us mm-hmm. or gorgeous will come back and sit like someone's yeah. going to save us yeah, so yeah, yeah. no it, it makes sense um, so while Mr. Togo's at the ramen cart, Kung Fu and the others barricade with furniture, like the upper floors. I don't know why. They're like, we have to form a barricade. Because yeah. <laughs> the ghost was up here, I guess. And it can't get through furniture. <laughs> um, Auntie killed the girls. Uh, so she's apparently killed girls and gained youth from them. And she's been longing for her betrothed who would never return. Um, we then see as they're in the living room, we get a giant gorgeous head going like, I'm here. Another fun effect. Yeah. Like, popping through the side doors and, like, look at those big lips! <laughs> yeah. No, An I, eye! <laughs> and I I guess the implication is that the reason Auntie was in dire straits at the beginning was because she ate all of the, yeah. the young girls. That you know, were, I think so. she found Blanche, and maybe Blanche did a little something to her. Yeah. That cat spirit. Yeah. Because everything's cat-shaped. It's yeah. Haosu, after Again, all, Again, she's man. pulling the strings, yeah. so. It's always a cat behind you know a dog would never pull this stunt with no. us yeah <laughs> they're too dumb uh but apparently the ghost eats all unmarried girls that come here and she suggests that it's your turn now kung fu tries to make a call but is almost strangled by the phone but she doesn't die she like rips the phone off the wall and then kicks it revealing like the uh like the makers or like the first dollar or something that's like behind it yeah which yeah. was very interesting like that phone is really out of working order now yeah but uh, she does that and she's like blasting outside where Dan and I face down at the end of anime was not a mistake. Yeah, because like the mummy, uh, like, uh, oh, yeah, the random mummy, it? the mummy, I, I forget what they're called, like the fashion doll thing, like where you the mannequin mannequin, oh, okay, like, a, yeah, go. like the mummy mannequin lunges at her, but she Scooby Doo <laughs> kicks it out the uh, out the side, she makes a, a, a shaped hole, yeah, that she just goes through. <laughs> But yeah, there's this epic fight between uh, ghost gorgeous Blanche and uh, Kung Fu outside. Yeah. (laughs) That ends in nothing. Like uh, Blanche slash the ghost kicks her back into the house. And she's like, I'm ready for round two. And then Professor's like, you gotta destroy the cat. (laughs) (laughs) She puts it all together. So uh, Kung Fu leaps towards the cat. Uh, which is I, the central power source of the house. Yeah, the cat painting. Yeah, There's it's a like cat. an icon. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess Prof puts that together because, like, oh, the condition is that she has to wait here forever for her betrothed with uh, Blanche. Blanche in her arms. Yeah. So, I, you know, it could be. Like, Blanche showed up, made, like, a, a Maduka deal with yeah. her, and was like, okay, you you can have immortality, mm-hmm. but I, I, get, I get a cut of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I get some meow mix, some wet food and some dry food mixed every day. Um, but Kung Fu leaps into action. She is snagged by her hot-headedness, I think, like by this lamp. Yeah, that makes done sense. In. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, but yeah. She, her will is so strong that her legs disconnect from her body and kick this cat icon, causing a gorgeous auntie upstairs to like cough blood or like bleed from her chest. Yeah. So, I mean, like, she she goes down, but she she gets a hero's kind of defeat. And, uh, yeah, and the cat painting starts uh, just projectiling, filling the room with blood yeah. slash acid. So, Prof and Fantasy cling to tatami mats as cat blood fills the room. Fantasy is still waiting for Mr. Togo, and Mr. Togo is apparently at the melon stand, where the stand attendee says the girls were eaten. He turns into a skeleton, and then Mr. Togo starts babbling about bananas. Yeah. And he later becomes bananas, Dan. 
Yeah, he goes he's, bananas. He's, goes bananas. Yeah. There we go. Right? Yeah. Uh, Blanche was revealed to se- was sent to retrieve Gorgeous. Prof drops the book and her glasses, and you know, dying like Velma, she feels into like the stomach acid blood mixture that's filling the room, and you know, she goes on a trippy naked Wonderland trip and gets dissolved. Yeah, because I th- I think that was a callback to like like oh professor you're so pretty without your yeah, glasses like but she you. can't see a thing she yeah. doesn't know how yeah. beautiful she is Dan yeah and once she knows that she goes Gaga yeah yeah interesting uh, anti gorgeous ghost transformation is nearly complete fantasy screams as the world collapses around her begging gorgeous for help fantasy sees what she imagines to be her mother slash gorgeous slash I just put, like, a maternal figure. Yeah. Like, like her friend turned maternal because she, like, it devotes herself entirely to her. Like, yeah. I'm at the end of my rope. You're here to save me. Whatever well, you want. And well, they, like, yeah. freeze in, like, a Pieta pose with, like, her on her breast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, as far as we, the audience, see, it's gorgeous. And, and like, fantasy at first. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy at first, you know, is like, oh, gorgeous, you, you've come to save us, you know, whatever. And then... And then we, we see, like, you know, the the old lady reflection, yeah. and then, yeah, Fade to a mix of things, mm-hmm. so. And then the next day, Jonathan, I mean Ryoko, <laughs> arrives. <laughs> She's driving up, you know, the green screen is active. She pulls up behind Mr. Togo's car and sees, like, a, a human effigy of bananas. Well, Doesn't yeah, question it. She's like, oh, what this a, must be how they live in the country. Yeah, no, what a quaint little farm stand yeah. display. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> And then she rides up to the house. Uh, she's The wind is constantly accompanying her. She knocks on the front door. Hello? Oh, I'll just let myself in around back. And, like, she's walking as, like, this mellow music is playing. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be the original Karen. We have Ryoko. Yeah. But I still no malintent. I mean, she's, like, putting on a show everywhere she goes. So I feel like this could be interpreted as, like, she was acting the whole time. Yeah. I Yeah, it really could go either way. Yeah. It, it, she, she doesn't, you don't, you know, and it's on purpose. You don't, you don't learn anything about her. Yeah. It's superficial. But Ryoko sees what appears to be gorgeous and her bridal kimono slowly opening up, like, the rest of the house. Like, with sliding doors and, like... We get a very, like, new age beauty versus old age beauty. Like, they see the gorgeousness in one another. That's what I thought. Like, they're almost, like, equal players now. Yes. Yeah. They are are both matriarchs. Yeah. Because I think, and I don't know about that, but any time I've ever seen this done in a movie, like, she she opens, the camera focuses on gorgeous... Opening opening those like like the sliding walls. like the mom of the household yeah. would do in the morning and then so it's yeah it's like they're both like equals almost like you're gonna be my new mom well yeah. I'm the I've mom of this yeah. place yeah. <laughs> um but she asks Ryoko or Ryoko asks Gorgeous where are your friends oh they'll be up soon and when they get up they'll be quite hungry they then shake hands which is like maybe they're coming to terms or they see each other. Like, oh, we're level now. Yeah. Like, there's something here. But then Ryoko erupts in flames. And we get this whole monologue which states, We live on in the hearts of others, so our story can be told many times. Love never dies. Phantom 2. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie ends as Ryoko burns up in a fiery inferno. And the cat is watched. Like, the cat scurries. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, what's going on here? It's interesting. There's a lot of, like, female roles going on here. I like the dynamics. Gorgeous she's, is presumably the new Davy Jones of the house. Yeah, she's so. auntie. Auntie possessed Gorgeous's form. Yeah. 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 
So. She needs a beautiful host. Yeah. Beauty is what. <laughs> beauty killed the beast, Dad. But no, it's a great movie. Mm. A great movie. Yeah. A lot to think about. Any final thoughts? I don't know. It's it's worth around this, you know, any time really, but especially for Halloween, it's worth a viewing, and it's mm. worth multiple viewings because there's a lot of shit we both noticed this time around yeah. that I just wasn't even aware of the first time. Even so. when Blanche is on the train for the first time, you see one guy kind of like recoil in the background from her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ooh. I'm yeah. getting a bad vibe from that. Well, isn't that uh, when they're on the bus, too? Yeah. There's, like, a guy who's, like, all right, I'm just going to leave, yeah. like, when they're talking around him. Yeah. So. And they have, like, the religious mystery with the sister and the father sitting right there. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things to nitpick and... Not nitpick, but, like, find to discover in this film beneath yeah. the surface. And a lot of symbolism therein, so... Yeah. It, it's I think it's one. loftier than people imagine it to be. Yes. Yeah. Which is always a good quality on this humble little podcast i would say so yeah so till next halloween dan <laughs> back in the in coffin <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> close the lid put in the bolts <laughs> we'll be seeing it real soon but uh before we go tonight is there anywhere that our audience can find us on social media dan uh you can follow me at king underscore danis on instagram as well as our adjacent anime was not a mistake podcast uh instagram page and our facebook page mm, and you can find me as i look up my tiktok account so i actually get it right this time uh losing my mind jk on instagram and tiktok mm-hmm. see what i did there <laughs> you can follow my twitter at drink and read jk and if you're into other humble little podcasts check out nightcaps of the theater where we get a little drizzy drunk and watch some movies and then i have a feeling dan i don't know if you're aware but drink and read podcast we might be <laughs> we the royal we might mm-hmm. be returning to the anchor platform real soon with another action pad book yeah mm-hmm. yeah rather <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I don't i any any pun any pun that i make would spoil what you're doing so yeah, i don't want to do that that's true and i'm sure we'll spoil because there know. are puns to be made yeah, but i don't want to i don't want to ruin it <laughs> you'll bite your tongue for now i'm yes. sure but uh Next week on Anime Was Not a Mistake, we return to another Sinister Six pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting us off. It's my. Oh, I thought I was starting us off. <laughs> oh, well, you could do it. It's fine. Do we? It's, I mean, I always lead, Dan. You follow. Okay, you lead then. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I could do two back to back. Well, that's why I'm saying. I mean, I have to. the notes written, then. You can't tell the audience this when we're on the air. Uh, uh, you know yeah, I don't edit. I'll be leading. And we'll be doing a either a, oh my god, I can't, cheesy, classy, or trashy pick. Yeah, it's uh, it's November. Yeah. It will be November. Yeah. So uh, what better way than to share a pot of, uh, you know. Fondue. <laughs> of, of, of bad movies. Uh, it's the season of sharing, so. Share. Oh. We'll, we'll be we'll be back for that unpleasantness <laughs> yes um so we hope you enjoy and we've got many festive surprises in store yeah i would say so mm. till then dan same ghost time same <laughs> spooky channel but yeah, less so <laughs> yeah ended that beautifully dan what more is there to say <laughs> at Anime Was Not a Mistake, we have one mission. Whether you be a magical girl, a giant fighting robot, a raccoon, or just a fan of podcasts in general, we hope to one day arrive at a definitive answer to the following question. Is anime a mistake? 
While we obviously don't think so, there's no harm in expanding our Weeb Horizons now, is there? As of late, our humble little show is devoted to the analysis and discussion of movies, series, and episodes that show off that powerful art that is animation. However, none of this would be possible without listeners like you. If you like what you hear on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and more, then why not support us on Instagram at Anime Was Not a Mistake Podcast or on Facebook at Anime Was Not a Mistake Pod. We promise to go happies on the sake with you. Join us, won't you? This time and the next. And with that, Dan and I leave you with a to be continued as the chill anime beats play. Sayonara.